All right, greetings. Welcome in. It's Better's Last Stand, show number 73. It's Super Bowl week. Everybody's excited, probably except me. But uh, uh, football wraps up this week once and for all. Uh, well, until we get the uh, UFL there, the new uh, merger between the XFL and the USFL, which will be coming up towards the end of March. So that'll give people something to uh, check out over the springtime as they head towards summer and uh, the time of the year where you just have baseball, you got some NBA and hockey playoffs. March Madness will be winding down around then as well. So uh, still plenty to come here. We got a lot of exciting sports action kicking off uh, in, in, as we uh, start back up with some some uh, Champions League soccer. We got Australian rules coming around. Golf starting to round into form. Big waste management tournament this week, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. So uh, we got a loaded docket today. Going to talk a little hoops, talk some hockey, talk some soccer, which we don't do a ton on here, but the Champions League's coming up next week. And uh, they're in the knockout phase, first legs of the knockout round. And uh, we'll uh, talk about those a little bit. There's a couple plays there that I like. Waste management golf going on this week. We got Live Golf out in Las Vegas, same place that the Super Bowl is occurring. So plenty of sports action here in uh, North America and across the pond in Europe as well uh, over the next few days and weeks. And, of course, we have the Super Bowl. Get my uh, finalized picks. I kind of gave you a good rundown of what I like last week from a prop perspective. But we'll focus in a little bit more on the game and some other things that maybe are worth taking a shot with. Uh, last week, we were up about five and a half units. Um, that doesn't count the golf. I didn't because, again, I don't know how people play that golf. Um, the golf was not very good, though. I was not. I had. Well, I don't know what could have come. The golf uh, ended on Saturday with the terrible weather coming in and they didn't get to play Sunday. So um, that that maybe impacted a couple of the, the players that we had. Um, I believe we had uh, Mark Hubbard, who had a top five. We had Jason Day and Justin Thomas, both within striking distance. So a little better than the, the last week's golf, but not not by any means where we need to be at. But we got waste management this week. We got live golf this week. Don't usually give out picks on live, but it's in Vegas this week. I think there's a couple guys that may um, kind of really take in the whole Super Bowl atmosphere, and they could be a little bit more uh, focused, kind of like a major-type environment for them. So uh, we'll talk about that as well. So anyway, uh, up about five and a half units, about plus 560 on the week for me. We're up over 40 units the last three weeks combined. Um, again, Hubbard, Day, and JT, pretty solid in golf. But outside of that, we were 7-1 and one in college basketball, 3-1 and one in English Premier League uh, football, soccer, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so that way we had a really bad beat, which we'll talk about coming up. Uh, just a, ew, one of those ones that just you think you have it. You, you have it, actually, for a few seconds, and then it, it's taken away from you. So that's the way the world works today. With technology, you can never really celebrate anything these days. you got to wait uh, cautiously and say, oh, boy, is there a flag? Was he offside? Uh, whatever, handball, whatever, whatever you want to talk, whatever sport it is, you gotta, you gotta hold your breath. Was he in the crease or not in the crease, but did he interfere with the goalie? Did, I mean, it's just so many things out there. Technology for as good as it is can also be, uh, make, uh, being a fan pretty miserable. But, uh, Sam had Kyle Bush finish second in the clash. Uh, Ross Chastain was 15th. Justin Haley, who I had as well, uh, not a great performance by him. I mean, again, the NASCAR affected by the weather, the golf affected by the weather. So, again, I, I got off most of the bets that I had um, um, NASCAR-wise. Um, I, I didn't end up going through with them at the full capacity that I would have because the race got moved to Saturday night, which it got moved up almost 24 hours, which actually was about 24 hours exactly. Moved up 24 hours. You just really didn't know. They All they did was practice. They qualified, and then poof, they go right into the race. Uh, it was pretty clear. 
if you had track position, you were going to have a shot of winning. So um, I ended up betting a little bit on Denny Hamlin. Had some input on William Byron as a guy I liked uh, pre-green flag. But, uh, yeah, it wasn't wasn't great for us. Uh, Kyle Busch ran well, which we knew he would. Uh, figured he would, and he qualified well, and I figured he would be uh, a definite force. But the, the guys that I had, um, Byron and Reddick, not – not great. Byron was all right. They were on a long, a long run. Um, I think Byron, maybe if he could have got some track position in another way, could have had a shot. But not having the heat racing really hurt. I thought it really hurt the guys uh, about having to see where their cars would work on the track. So um, the racing itself was pretty decent, which we'll talk to Sam about in the third part of the show. But um, overall, the event kind of flopped because of the, the bad weather out there in California. And it's really, really bad weather. So um, I get why they did it. There's no question about it. They needed to make a move and they weren't going to get it in on Monday. And the conditions around the, all of California, much of California, um, are in, in serious disrepair currently. So hopefully nobody got injured too badly out there or had their property destroyed beyond uh, salvage. Um Anyway, 1911 on my best bets. Didn't even have a best bet last week. I guess my best bet probably would have been in basketball. Um, I'm trying to think of what game. There was one game that I liked a decent amount. Um, shoot, I went five and one in college or seven and one in college hoops, four and zero on in Metro Atlantic games, which is a league that I followed for a long time, and um, I kind of. I won't want to say I know a lot about it because I don't, but I know more about it than any of the other small leagues. It, it's a league that has a lot of good data. The teams for year after year, coach after coach who coaches them, even though there's player turnover, the, the a lot of the trends hold up. They give you really good indicators of who plays well in what gym. Uh, and if you see the places, they're actually like gyms. They're, they're tiny little arenas. Uh, but it's a good league, a competitive league. You don't, you know, that Rick Pitino's out of there with Iona. You don't have the the little bit of lopsidedness that was in there um, the last couple of years. But good league, so I did well on that one on Friday. They play on usually on Fridays, some Sunday games as well. So continue to check those plays out. BLS underscore PRP. If you want those on Friday evening, I put them out usually on Thursday. The ones that I like for Friday can kind of get ahead of the number that you like. And a lot of times, I'll I'll have a pretty strong play on them, even if I don't see the number. Um, a number would back me off on some in some cases, but a lot of times it's not. It's going to be right around what I would guess it would be, and as long as it's not too crazy, uh, we'll, we'll roll the dice with it. But yeah, seven and one in college hoops, and I can't. Oh, North Carolina, I think that would have. I think that was my best one. They they took care of Duke pretty pretty handily, which I expected them to do. Uh, quite honestly, uh, but then Carolina comes back and loses to Clemson. So we'll talk about college hoops um, here in a in a moment. Uh, but yeah, just uh, recapping. What we've done here, up about 40 units over the last three weeks, actually over 30, 40 units. 560 last week, not our best uh, best week, but not our worst either. So uh, switching over to college basketball, as we said um, in previous weeks, upsets continue. Who can get hot at the right time is going to make a big difference here. And, and for all the upsets that happened in the tournament last year, we got to remember, UConn ended up winning it all. And UConn was probably one of the you know five favorites of that tournament. And um, I don't think you should overlook that. So while there will be upsets, there will be situations where teams, there'll be a team or two that makes a big run. Um, a lot of times the cream will still rise. Like you'll still have one region that'll stay kind of intact. And then you'll have a Yukon that'll come in there. And when they get to the final four, which we saw last year, they were just vastly superior to the other teams. And uh, you know, that can't be overstated. So don't, don't go so crazy that you think that, oh, well, uh, it was a lot of upsets. There's going to definitely be a, some dark horse winner of the tournament. That's why I suggest you bet Final Fours instead of to bet to win the tournament. Like, you could throw a few dollars on that, but 
Make your better stakes, your bigger stakes on making the Elite Eight, making the Final Four. Those wagers give you a real chance to, to get some value from some of these underdog, under-the-radar type teams. If you're just betting them to win it outright and you got 150-1 to one on somebody and they make it all the way to the finals and they get beat by Purdue or, well, Purdue, good Lord, I don't know if they'll ever be able to win a big game because of their coach, but uh, a UConn or North Carolina or somebody along those lines, Houston, at least you can say, man, I had a great run here. I won some money on the way. I had them to Elite Eight, had them regional final, whatever. That That's the way you want to handle that. You don't, you don't want to just put it all in one and just roll the dice because chances of one of these big, big dogs winning the tournament are pretty slim, but that's why they're priced the way they are. So talking about some teams uh, that, that I'm still on, some teams that I'm not on, um, I'm going to get to that in a moment, but the spot or trip handicapping, if you're familiar with racing, horse racing, dog racing, whatever, trip handicapping is um, you have a horse or a dog that's compromised in one way or another, whether it's by the jockey in a horse race or it's by uh, track condition in the dog race or the circumstances of the way the other dogs break and he gets cleaned out or whatever. So if the if horse or dog is running well late uh, or and, and looks like you know they're, they're full run, man, if they didn't have this compromising part of their trip, they might have won the race or they were much the best and they just couldn't get there because they were compromised so badly. So when you talk about spot handicapping or trip handicapping, not the spot, the point spot. It's a spot that they're in on the schedule or coming off of a big win or coming out of a big loss or whatever. Spot handicapping has been really, really spot on in, in basketball this year in college. And the more that I've drilled down on it, and I hate that term, drilled down. It's a stupid fucking term. I don't know who invented that, but I don't want it in my vocabulary. So anyway, uh, who, whoever came up with that, I don't like it. But as more I study and look into the games and start going back and following trends and, and actually getting a chance to watch the games a little bit more, you're starting to see spots pop up a lot for, for good, good, good value plays on teams. Whether, um, for instance, North Carolina coming off that win against Duke last night, I absolutely love Clemson. I, I, I wasn't really, I didn't know if Clemson could win the game. I thought they possibly could, but. You know, I thought, man, they have a really good shot of covering here. North Carolina gave everything they had in that game. They 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 put it on Duke. It was at home. There's a ton of emotion, and there's a quick turnaround. They're already going. It's a Tuesday night game. They had really a day off, and they partied all night Saturday, guarantee it. They took Sunday off. They went right back to the gym, got, got their muscles loose a little bit, and then they're right back out there for a big game against a team who needs that win to try to get in the NCAA tournament because right now the ACC is so poor. Clemson needs all the wins they can get. But it was a great spot for Clemson, truly great spot. It doesn't mean that Clemson's better than North Carolina. Nine out of ten times, I'm going to say nine. I say seven to eight out of ten times Clemson will will beat them, or Clemson, uh, Clemson will lose to North Carolina. Oh, Enzo with a nice goal for Chelsea here in the FA Cup. Lead Aston Villa three to nothing, so that's good news. Uh, but, yeah, so North Carolina is going to be the better team 70% of the time, maybe 80 but Clemson had the right spot. They're coming off of a, of a loss of their own. They're going to be very focused. They, they Everybody in the world watched that game, North Carolina Duke. So they're like, hey, we're taking our best shot at them on their home floor. And Clemson got the job done. They narrowly missed beating Duke the, the week before that. So spot handicapping, trip handicapping, however you want to call it, whatever you want to call it in basketball, really, really, really applies. So if you have questions, shoot us an email, uh, message us on Twitter, whatever you want to do, BLS underscore PRP on X, Twitter, contact at thepinerpodcast.com, whatever you need to do. Call the show on the Watchdog Monday, Tuesday, and Friday. We're noon to three, Tuesday and Friday, and two to three on Monday. If you have questions about it, what what I mean exactly, or if I can point out spots uh, of, of where this is coming up, 
but you can find value. And I'm not saying you bet the stuff blindly. You don't you don't do that. But you look at the other thing, the other circumstances. How this team has been. How many times this team's lost back-to-back games. Or if this team is on a winning streak, is that common? How do they play in the other team's gymnasium? Obviously, you want to look at the number. If the number is way out of whack, then maybe you back off. Or if you think it should be something else and it's too good to be true, then maybe you back off. But there are spots out there for it in basketball and I would say of the 7-1 that I went in hoops uh, over the weekend, I would say six of those plays were um, spot handicap uh, you know, evaluations that I made that I thought I had a really good shot at catching one team on the downslide and, or a recovery phase and then one team on the upswing or a must-need game after a game either they played somebody bad and they beat the hell out of them or a game where they lost, you know, a disappointing performance where maybe they played off on defense and, you know, the coaches beating them over the head for four days about how bad their defense is. You know they're going to come out and lock in in the first 20 minutes at least. So you got to be aware of that stuff. Don't fall for the most – the one of the worst things people do in, in handicapping or just betting, period, along with betting too many parlays, they overestimate how good a team's performance was. So North Carolina blew out Duke. Oh, they're the best. they got to be able to beat Clemson at home. But it takes a toll out of you. Just think about it as your own your own self. If you played sports, even if you didn't, just if you watch enough sports, you realize how hard it is for a team to get up and play their best back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back times. That's what makes... UConn and Houston and even Purdue in the regular season. That's what makes those teams clearly better than most teams. The long-term effects of the team with talent like that is going to just it's going to continue to show itself. Like it's they're not going to stub their toe nearly as much, but on on any given night anybody could beat anybody, but um I really think look into that, look into the spots, just look at that stuff, especially in conference play. You can you get so much good data out of um, what's out there to, to look at covers.com and all these other places that you can check and get just tons and tons of data that you can use to, to formulate a pretty strong opinion about a, one side or another, but don't fall for the team. Cause they, just because they play good on Saturday doesn't mean they're going to play the same, uh, you know, caliber of game on Monday. So don't let that be uh, a problem. And that's a huge issue. People do it in the NFL. They do it everywhere. They see the team blow somebody out. They immediately, Oh man, I'm all over that team. It's the worst mistake you can make. Very rarely will I ever bet a team off of a great, great performance the next game. It just that is just not something that I, that I really believe in, uh, at least as far as basketball and football go. I think baseball, uh, you can make a case for that a little bit, and even hockey. When things start to bounce your way and guys are seeing the baseball really well or the puck's going in the net really easily for for uh, a goal scorer in hockey, which, speaking of that, the Nailers 10 in a row. So get on out Frosty Friday on Friday as the Reading Royals are in town for a pair. Uh, 10 in a row the Nailers have rattled off. So you want to hear more about that, nailing it down right here on The Watchdog. You can flip over to The Watchdog. You're listening to the podcast now, Better's Last Stand. You can flip over to The Watchdog right about now on a Friday afternoon, and we'll be talking about the Nailers, hopefully. So just to clarify. All right, basketball teams that I'm interested in here. Obviously, Purdue, UConn, North Carolina, um, they're they're kind of teams that are getting a lot of a lot of steam right now. They're some of your top Ken Palm rating teams. Um, of the big big boys, I still think Houston's defense makes them very very formidable. Um, coming down to the, you know, in in the tournament, you got to be able to guard people, but you got to be able to score too. So scoring could be an issue for Houston. That that'd be the one little bit of a small uh, defect in their game. Um, they got thumped pretty good by Kansas, but that was that Kansas. I expect Houston will pay them back quite handily here in a couple weeks when they rematch in Houston. 
But uh, Houston, to me, been a very strong team, well coached. They kind of have the total package. Kansas, I, I was high on Kansas a couple of weeks ago, and then I've watched them twice since then, and I'm not quite as high on them. Uh, I think they're a little bit too reliant on uh, Hunter Dickinson. They throw in the ball a little bit too much. Their guard play is not quite as good as it has been. Now, they made every shot the other day, but that's not going to always happen. And uh, you definitely want to come back and play against them, which if you did on Monday, they played Kansas State and they lost. So uh, both situations where the teams that had huge wins at home, North Carolina and Kansas, both lost their next game to uh, not, well, in Kansas' case, another rival, but in uh, – North Carolina's case, not really. Just another ACC foe that they're used to beating every time. But uh, So Houston, to me, still the top class of the big, big teams. Uh, Kansas a little bit tricky. But UConn's really good, too. Um, I'm still curious to see how they'll do um, in the tournament, just in, in their conference tournament, too. I don't think they're quite as good as they were last year, but they're still very, very good. So no, don't sleep on UConn. Teens that are... Right on the cusp, I think, of, of being contenders, but maybe have a few, uh, you know, a little bit of a deficiency. Iowa State, I think they're pretty good. You can find them around 50 to 1, maybe like 8 to 1 to win their, their conference. Not impossible that Kansas or, um, you know, the Houston could stub their toe, but uh, it, oh, jeez. Well, I got to pause the show for a second. I have a work emergency that I have to take care of. All right. Sorry for the interruption there. Had a, uh, large bet that I needed to authorize so speak of the devil huh? talking about betting and that's what happens so somebody comes in wants to bet a lot on something so anyway back to it basketball wise talking a little college hoops here as we roll on uh, betters last stand show number 73 alright so I was talking about some teams that I was interested in so I'll kind of speed this up but um, I think Marquette is pretty solid I think they could be a little bit dangerous down the road uh, Ken Palm number 10 right now in his ratings Seven to one to make the final four, twenty-six to one, thirty to one range to win it all. Colorado, I like twenty-five to one to make the final four, eighty-five somewhere in there, hundred to one you can find to win it all. Virginia is a team that I'm not really sure how good they are, uh, but their offense is significantly better than it has been in the past years. That doesn't mean they score a lot, but they're they do have a little bit more of a, of a, a set of weapons than they have had in the past. So they're playing great basketball right now. They obviously play very good defense, very well coached. So uh, Virginia is a team to me that's a little bit sneaky. They're getting kind of ignored right now. If they're able to make it into the tournament, which they may, they may not, uh, I think I would keep an eye on them. I'll look for them in the ACC tournament. I think they could be very, very dangerous uh, at 99 to 1, 100 to 1, 22 to 1 range, some, somewhere in there for the final four. All right, welcome back in. Sorry for the another disturbance. Never really ends. Never really off the clock in the world today. Well, if you even punch a clock, but... Anyway, back to basketball. Just rolling through these teams here again. Uh, Tennessee, think they're okay. Defend pretty well. Still struggle on offense. So, fifteen to one. Can't really recommend them to win at all. But thought maybe five, five-ish, four and a half to one to make the final four is decent. But Rick Barnes seems to always stub his toe um, in the bigger games. Auburn, I think they're pretty good. 17, 18, 20 to one. Kim Kim Palm number five, four and a half to one to make the final four. I think they're a credible team. Colorado State, I've talked about quite a bit. Talked about New Mexico quite a bit. Wisconsin, not bad. Uh, a little better on offense. A little more athletic than they normally are. So I think they could be a potential contender. And then Indiana State, mentioned them last week, had a big win over Drake. So they're playing some good basketball right now too. So I think they're they're worth it. You know, worth a look to make the Final Four. You can find them around fifty-five to one. So uh, nothing wrong with that. And you saw Florida Atlantic make the run last year. 
which is uh, you know something that, that could be duplicated, but will be a little bit tricky. May not may not always happen that way. So those are some of the teams to keep an eye on right now. College hoops, uh, NBA trade deadline is tomorrow, so maybe we'll figure out if anything uh, Sam likes on next week's show going forward with futures as teams start to get their roster assembled. Uh, All star break coming up here in a week as well. Um, okay, we're gonna take a quick break here on Better's Last Stand, and I promise, hopefully next time. We won't get interrupted quite as much. It's Better's Last Day in show number 73 from the Pine Room Studio here on Super Bowl week. We'll be right back after this. Reminder, this show is for informational and entertainment purposes only. All wagering activities should only be conducted by those 21 years of age or older and within the confines of federal, state, and local law. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, contact 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. All right, men, load the cannons and hold the line. You're listening to Better's Last Stand. All right, welcome back in. Better's Last Stand, show number 73. Apologize again for the work uh, pauses there. Had to deal with some some large transactions, but uh, back on track now. Uh, hockey, we're going to hit on in the first segment. Didn't get to it. Uh, right now, you're coming off the All-Star break, so I said tre- tread a little lightly on these trends right now because you don't know how teams are going to come back off the break. Uh, some may come back better. Some may come back not as sharp. But you definitely want to uh, take your time and uh, see how the things start to heat back up if teams start to go back to form or they uh, are off form and, and maybe or do not uh, appear to uh, you know resemble what they were in the first part of the season. Right now, unders 8-2 and two coming off the break. Um, I played a lot of unders last night. I think that's the way to go early on. And then teams coming off of the break, if you have a team that has played a game, like one game, and then another team's coming off their break the next night, uh, usually the team that's played a game has had an advantage in those matchups. So keep an eye on that one as well. As we get back into NHL um, trade deadline coming up, you had the Flames and the Jets both making plays for some centers. Uh, the Flames getting Lindholm and the uh, the uh, Jets getting Sean Monahan from Montreal. So... Um, you had Calgary dumping. I said that's, I might have said Calgary, but Vancouver is the one who got Lindholm from Calgary, and Winnipeg got Monahan from Montreal. So both those teams moving quick. Uh, probably pretty good moves for both of them. Uh, although the Jets have lost four in a row, including losing last night in Pittsburgh, getting uh, outscored three to nothing. So um, plenty to still talk about in hockey. Playoff season will be coming right around the corner. But you got the trade deadline coming up here in a few weeks, and you want to keep an eye on that. Um, it'll it'll kind of shape the rosters, see who can get some goaltending. Coaches uh, that you know fired a coach, and the Kings fired their coach. So we'll see how they come out after the break. It's an interesting. Uh, you don't usually see that very often. Teams started out so well, but a uh, good time to do it. Coming off of the break, you get a little bit of time. You don't have a ton of all stars, and uh, you probably got to work a little bit if you didn't. You probably gave them some time off, but they probably got a little bit of a time to put in some different things. They're going to try with the new coach, so. We'll see um, if you want those uh, first periods and then second period, third period, overs and unders. Um, you can check out on X. Uh, Chris Otto is the guy's name. Look him up. He's got all the, the spreadsheets and stuff. So good, good data there. You would definitely want to rely on. All right. UEFA Champions League soccer begins on Tuesday. And uh, that's this Tuesday. So if you're listening to this on Friday, this next coming Tuesday. 
and you're into the knockout phase. You got two matches on Tuesday, two on Wednesday, and then two the following Tuesday and the following Wednesday. So they stagger them two a day. Uh, it's great soccer. This is the champions of Europe of all the different leagues. You got the, the round of 16 left. They all play group stage, take a few months off. Uh, handle their domestic action and their cup action, and then they're in ready to go in February. Uh, UEFA Champions League heats up, and it is a regular thing all the way through the spring. And uh, it is wonderful football, exciting stuff, the best of the best, and uh, you don't want to miss it. So we got Copenhagen and Manchester City playing on Tuesday. Manchester City comes in right now as the favorite to win this tournament, plus 190 to win it all little bit too low of a price for me. City's going to have to contend with Liverpool and Arsenal in the English Premier League. So I think it's going to wear them out a little bit. They're going to try to win all these things. And they have, no, they have depth. They definitely do. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne is back now, which makes him very, very viable. Um, you know, you just you just don't know how much of a toll it's going to take on these teams. But, um, you know, City finally got it done last year. They're looked at repeat. Um, but, you know, to me, plus 190, just not good enough price when they're going to be battling it out with Arsenal and Liverpool at the top of the Premier League. So in this matchup, particularly against Copenhagen, um, they City plays Everton on Saturday, which is not going to be much of a fight, although City has not been very sharp. So you really don't know what you're going to get. I don't know what kind of uh, lineup Pep Guardiola will put out there, but they'll probably be um, not fully operational some of their guys might play a half or come on in the second half just to get you know get their running in but um Copenhagen was pretty decent at home they only, they pushed uh Bayern Munich to the wire got beat 2-1 they advanced to this stage so they've done something right um I, I'm thinking maybe an under in that game thought maybe under two and a half was worth a look if you can find a good three out there um maybe I think City will just want to get in and get out without putting themselves at too big of a disadvantage in leg one because then they play the second leg. So if you're not familiar, you play two legs here. You play one in Copenhagen. You play one in Manchester. And then the uh, aggregate score will advance. They used to give you an away goals if you were tied. Say you were tied 2-2 after two matches. Whoever had the more away goals could advance on, but then they just go to penalties now. So Or they get extra time and penalties. Uh, they don't advance on the away goals, which I think is stupid. I really thought away goals was a good fair way to uh, decide things but anyway don't love anything in that match but the second match of the day you got Red Bull Leipzig and Real Madrid now Real Madrid a definite contender to win this thing but the situation for them is they got to play Girona on Saturday who's second right now behind them in the Spanish La Liga and they just played Atletico Madrid in their in their uh, big Madrid derby last weekend so they've been playing some really uh, high-intensity games. So I'm looking for a potential letdown spot here, um, which could lead to some goals. So I like over 2.5 in this game. I think that's really a good bet here. Leipzig likes to push it anyway, and they play against a pretty weak opponent here on Saturday in the Bundesliga. So I don't think they're going to be threatened. They'll be able to have their guys fresh and ready to go. I think RB Leipzig to score over 1.5 goals is a great bet, and I think over 2.5 for the game is a really good bet. Real Madrid is going to be going into that match saying, if we can just draw in this match, even if it's 2-2, we're going back to the Bernabeu and we'll win this. We'll win the second leg and we don't have to worry about it. So um, that's where I'm at on that one. While I like Real Madrid in the overall future market on this in this tournament, uh, I'm a little bit uh, dubious of them here in this matchup because of the, the high-intensity games that they're playing within La Liga uh, that they played last week and then this week. Uh, Wednesday's games, PSG and Real Sociedad. Uh, PSG, a lot of turmoil right now for them. They have... Uh, Mbappe apparently on his way out, potentially to Real Madrid. You have a lot of issues there with them. I don't, I can't get a real good read on PSG, so I'm passing on this game. Real Sociedad, 
They play the 12th place team, Osasuna, in the uh, the Spanish League on the weekend. Not a great opponent. They should be well rested and ready to go here. This game is in Paris, which gives PSG quite an advantage. They do play Lille on the weekend, who's pretty good. Who's fighting out for a Champions League spot of their own. So PSG may get tested a little bit. Um, I thought maybe an under in the game was worth a look, but I don't love anything there. And then the other Wednesday game, Lazio and Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich uh, will be at Lazio. Lazio plays Cagliari. Uh, they are the 18th ranked team in, or 18th place team in uh, Serie A right now. And uh, Calgary is not very good. So I think Lazio can kind of rest their players, be ready for a huge, huge match for them at home. They're pretty good at home. Bayern Munich, not quite the same formidable team that they have been in the past few years. And what makes them even more vulnerable here is you have Bayern Leverkusen. They're going to be coming to Munich for this match. The top two teams in the Bundesliga. Uh, Leverkusen number one, Bayern Munich number two. It's going to be a clash. Like This is a big-time tilt. So uh, Bayern Munich's going to be a little spent in that game. So I think Lazio is worth worth a look. They're 500 plus 500, 5-1 on the money line. Uh, a draw no bet gets you 350 plus 350. That means if there's a draw, you just get a refund on your bet. If Lazio wins, it's a plus 350. And then plus a half Lazio which means if they draw 1-1-2-2, one, one, two, two, Lazio wins it, plus 150. And also think uh, Lazio to score uh, at least one goal, minus 175, minus 165. I think it's a really good bet. I think uh, Bayern Munich won't be completely focused in that. Lazio will be very, very pumped up. And uh, Ciro Mobile is a pretty good goal scorer. So I think they could at least put a goal or two on the board, um, over one and a half goals for Lazio if you really want to indulge, uh, plus 265. So I think Lazio is worth a look. I think the RB Leipzig and Real Madrid game, RB Leipzig over their goal total, Real Madrid uh, in Leipzig over for the match. And then a few various things in Lazio that I think, because uh, Bayern Munich's coming off of a um, t- you know a tough tough uh, local uh, you know matchup against Bayern Leverkusen. So I think... It, it, the tendency is if you're on the road the first the first leg and you're the better team, um, you know you probably are just content with getting the the draw if you have to. I mean you're going to try to win, but you're not going to put all your chips in the center of the table. You'll wait to come back to your stadium and uh, then you think you're going to do some damage. So that's why I like Lazio. Uh, we'll talk about the other games the Tuesday the twentieth and Tuesday the, or Wednesday the twenty first games next week. Uh, but I thought. I thought is inter- intriguing to me is uh, a team from Spain to win it all. Barcelona not playing great right now. Atletico Madrid is always a good team in these tournaments. They're, they're very responsible on defense, and they have Anton Griezmann who can uh, take over a game himself still with his passing and his scoring. So I thought Spanish teams, you had a pretty decent decent shot. You can get around $3, $253 range for a Spanish team to uh, – so win it all. Atletico Madrid about twenty-five to one to win it all. I'm not sure they could do that, but they could make the final at nine to one. I think that's an intriguing bet. Barcelona sixteen to one to win it, plus five fifty to make the final. Again, they're probably the one I'm least uh, high on. There, Lewandowski's not been playing well. They're they're just a little disheveled right now. Real Madrid uh, continue to bring on good players. Uh, Vinicius Junior is just really tough to slow down. They still got really good midfielders. Uh, plus five fifty six dollar range to win it. And plus 225, 250 range to make the final. I think that's a good one. And if you're going to step outside of Spain, I think Inter Milan, who's continued to play very, very well, had a great year last year, playing really well this year. About 17 to 1, you can get on them to uh, to win it all, and about 9 to 1 to make the final. So I think uh, Inter Milan is a team, or that might be 
six to one. I don't know. Somewhere it's a decent price. I had written down start at uh, Inter Milan. Definitely a contender here. But Man City, the team to beat. But we'll see if they can keep it going. PSG, not what they once were, um, and they are struggling to get back to form. And Bayern Munich also vulnerable. So that's Champions League. It's great to have it back, and uh, we look forward to. Uh, Talking about it more as we roll on. Better's Last Dance Show 73. A couple live golfers I like this week. Uh, I think Mito Pereira could play well. I think Louis Oosthuizen could be pretty solid around 25 to 1. Mito around 40 to 1. Paul Casey at 50 to 1. Kepka around 12 to 1. I think Brooks Kepka and John Rahm, who's the tournament favorite, a little low on a price on him, around 3.5, 4 to 1. I think that if you uh, take a look at what Kepka and uh, Rahm can do in these big, tournaments kind of like a major but this is going to have the flair of a major with the super bowl being in town so i think those guys i expect a good performance out of them two guys uh while they're out in vegas at las vegas country club switching over to the waste management uh we are at the stadium course at tpc scottsdale beautiful venue everybody raves about this thing a little too crazy for me but uh I guess I'm a traditionalist. Scotty Scheffler, back-to-back winner here. He is the favorite, round four and a half, five to one range, something along those lines. Uh, Sam Burns, a guy I'm interested in a little bit, around 18 to 20 to one. JT Poston playing great golf right now, uh, 30 to one for him. Corey Connors, 55 to one range, something like that. He's had some good uh, results here at TBC Scottsdale, so I think he could be a guy that's, uh, you know, got got a lively shot for a you know top 10, top 20. Um, ben on at 30 to one. I think he could be, uh, you know, a, a very viable uh, guy. So we'll, you know, take a shot with Ben on Keith Mitchell at 82 to one, 85 to one range. I think he's definitely a guy that's really been a solid player on the tour for the last few years. So I think Keith Mitchell was worth a peak there. Uh, Sunjay M. I like, I've been on him several times. He's not been, he hasn't been able to finish the deal for me. So that's been kind of a concern. But uh, I'm going to take a shot with him. I can't pass on him now because, the, you know, the week that I don't play him, he will win. He's around 30-1, to 1, so he's drifting up a little bit. Justin Thomas, I think, of the big dogs here, I think he's the most likely winner. 12-1, um, to 10-1, somewhere in that range. JT's played well here in the past. Seems to have found his game again, which is good to see. Uh, him and Sung Jay are my top two plays. And then my biggest bomber, Eric Van Royen, uh, South African. Um, he's He's been a guy that's been uh, – Really strange guy to figure out. Sometimes he will play just outstanding lights out golf, and then other times his game just doesn't come to form. But when he's hot and when he's playing well, he's very, very uh, you know formidable. So I look, I look for him to uh, step it up. His statistical rankings in the last few weeks on most of the models are coming up very strong. So look for Von Royan to contend at the Waste Management this week out at TPC Scottsdale. Moving along to what do we got? Oh. Bad beats. Yes, let's go back to this Sheffield Aston Villa game. This was a match that uh, was on Saturday, I believe. Saturday afternoon was looking to go four and zero in the Premier League over the weekend, but it didn't work out. A Sheffield and Aston Villa did battle. I had both teams to score a goal in the game. Villa builds a five nothing lead, which wasn't good. But sometimes then you get a lead that's so safe that maybe they'll just kind of you know back off and let the other team score. Well, Sheffield dominated the play in the last probably the twenty minutes. They had several opportunities. It just incredible goalkeeping by the Aston Villa's keeper to keep them out. So all I needed was just one to get by him. Well, sure enough, I get a great set piece from them. They they put it in. It's a guy that heads it over to another dude who puts it in. And uh, they're going nuts. They're, I mean, it looks like it's a good goal. They're bringing the ball back to the center circle. It's ready to go. Oh, wait, let's go. We got to review it. 
And literally, I'm not kidding you, it was literally like the, the thread of a guy's shirt that uh, made the guy offside for uh, Sheffield and, uh, and took the goal away and the game finished 5 uh, nothing. So that was a tough one for me. I hate when that happens. And again, it's really tough to, to uh, be, you know, to see a goal that definitely would have stood a few years ago. Um, they they overdo it with the onside the offside onside rule. There's not any uh, type of logic really applied there. If a guy's clothing piece is like on, it's that's not really a body. So they they probably need to work on that a little bit. But very frustrating to say the least. But you know, bad beats happen, and uh, we will continue to be on the wrong side of many of them as we uh, move forward here. All right, Pebble Beach Pro Am controversy. This was interesting. Uh, if you don't check your house rules, you should. This was a finalized tournament after 54 holes of play. So many sports books uh, were forced to pay those tickets out. But that's not the biggest problem. You had people on Saturday taking shots against books where they're parlaying several things that are live wagers and play never even started. So you're getting guys at the tail end of the Saturday round. You're playing live wagers for that tournament. All bets final. All bets action. Guess what? They don't even play. So guys are locked into these spots, uh, and you saw a lot of tickets paid out with people. Kind of had an idea. Nance kept talking about it on the broadcast. Several people in the betting world were talking about if they even had a chance of playing this, whether people in California were talking about it. Uh, There was a really good shot. They were not going to even pick up a club on Sunday, and they did not. And you had a lot of tickets getting paid out, and uh, we call that in the industry taking a shot. It's frowned upon. Uh, it's not a situation where, where somebody put up a lazy number or anything like that. You're taking advantage of a technicality, uh, and books don't like it. And uh, now that while I think they have to pay, uh, if they want to take you to court, they very well could. And uh, most of the time, they'll lose. But uh, if you're going to correlate, going to allow correlated parlays, though, that's that's the double-edged sword you have there when you get beat like that. Um, you can really get beat badly, and that's why correlated parlays, things like that, where you're having a guy where you could parlay a guy top 20, top 10, top 5 on one. That's a bad example, but there's you know you see what I mean. Things that are all going to be a high probability of happening together. If you do that, um, you know th- those things would have never even occurred, uh, you know, 10 years ago, let alone 20, 30, 40. It was unthinkable. Uh, they didn't have Super Bowl props back in the 80s, but you know, the the industry's changed a lot. It's left a lot of people behind. A lot of older bookmakers can't take what's going on right now. It can be frustrating, but if you don't keep up with it, you will get passed by, and you don't want to see that happen. But you got to be uh, able to put put your guard up. You got to learn this stuff. You got to see what's out there. So as much as you want to offer people, you got to be um, responsible about it. You got to be smart about it. Uh, DK sues a former executive over uh, he allegedly stole commercially sensitive documents before he was let go, or he left to go to Fanatics. Actually, I don't even think he got fired yet. But um, so. It, there's a lot of bad things going on right now in the betting world. And then this one, Indiana businessman pleads guilty on federal charges related to investigation into the betting scheme of college baseball last spring. That was obviously the Alabama baseball game. Burt Eugene allegedly received inside information from Alabama head coach Brad Bohannon uh, and now faces up to 10 years in prison and fines of up to $250,000. He was uh, he had inside info that Alabama was going to scratch their one of the top starters to throw a freshman against LSU. And you saw... Him try to double, triple max bet down at the book out in Cincinnati. So bad idea by him. Um, obviously, it was a lack of integrity by the guy. But if you're going to try to get away with something like that and make a few thousand bucks, you may want to be a little subtle about it. But 
he was not, and he uh, ended up paying the price, and so did the coach of Alabama, who you got to wonder why in the world he would do something like that. Just cost himself his career. Super Bowl handle expected to be $25 billion or more, up from about $16 billion last year. Nearly 70 million Americans are expected to wager on the game in some capacity. Crazy. Uh, Nickelodeon will be doing the first ever broadcast, uh, like a simulcast broadcast of the Super Bowl. They're also owned by CBS. Um, so it's going to be kind of cool. SpongeBob SquarePants, Patrick Starr, Sandy Chinks. Uh, they'll be doing it live from Bikini Bottom. And I highly recommend watching those if, you, if you're if you able to. They're, they're not just great for kids, but they're just a nice break from all the ridiculous uh, antics of the, the commentary groups and the sideline reporters on the regular broadcasts, which I have a hard time stomaching. So in my office, when I'm over at the book on Super Bowl Sunday, I will have on the SpongeBob SquarePants Nickelodeon version of the game, and it will be far more enjoyable than anything that I'm going to see on CBS. So keep that in mind. If you have young young ones wanting to watch the game, that is the way to go. Uh, NFL is only allowing two Super Bowl commercials about sports betting. So I don't know who paid for them. I don't know enough about them yet, but that said, I guess they're going to have one each half because they didn't want to get it oversaturated, so they limited it to two. Mahomes um, 10-1-1 against the spread as a dog, 9-3 and three straight up. Kelsey has scored 19 touchdowns in 21 playoff games. That is outstanding. 49ers have been favored in every game this season. First time since the 17 Patriots uh, a team has been favored in every game. The public right now heavy on the over. Uh, recreational betters in Vegas uh, kind of flooding the markets for the 49ers in the over. So you're going to see some value out there on the strip because the game's in town. You're going to have a lot of people around. So you're going to find some professional syndicates coming in there and saying, hey, we found a great number here. We're going to go down the street and get the other side of the number there. We're going to try to middle it. Uh, you're going to see a lot of strategies like that on player props, on all kinds of stuff. I know there's a lot of big-time professionals that are in Vegas this week, not where they would normally be on a Super Bowl week. Um, it's more so because you're going to find inflated prices because of the public handle that's going to be increased even more than it already is uh, because of the game being in town. So uh, that's what we got going on in the betting stratosphere here this week. And now it's time to get to the uh, Super Bowl picks, I guess, so to speak. Uh, I talked a lot about this last week. Uh, right now, Kansas City, a two-point dog in the game. As we mentioned, total holding around 47. I like the under in the game. I like the Chiefs in the game. But I, I was a little bit worried. The law of the public is on the Chiefs, which concerned me. Talked about how I thought the Chiefs had the better coach, the better quarterback. Um, thought they had the better overall offensive line. Now, they obviously don't have the better skill players. That's not even close. They have better special teams uh, and or kicker. Their secondary is better. I thought the D lines were kind of a push. Linebackers go to San Fran. Obviously, the skill guys go to San Fran. But to me, that's enough to get a good, solid number on Kansas City. I think Kansas City is probably should be favored in this game. But uh, I see with the power ratings the way they were all year for Frisco, why it is what it is. And Kansas City was very down at some portions of the season. So uh, I'll be on the Chiefs. Not a, not a major play. I don't love it. But I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. And I think the Chiefs will find a way to win the game. I like Harrison Bucker to be the MVP. That's a little bit of wishful thinking. We're going to be around 150, 201. Uh, I think there'll be a lot of field goals in the game, so I think he could be a guy that uh, you know has a has an opportunity. You never know. Uh, Game-winning field goal into regulation. That's around nine to one. Don't see why that couldn't happen. Could see Bucker kicking a walk-off. That's not a bad number on that. Octopus will a guy score a touchdown and a two-pointer. Uh, not common, but it did happen last year. Jalen Hurts. I think Kelsey's possibility. Debo Samuel obviously a possibility. Christian McCaffrey obviously a possibility. Getting around twelve to one with those three guys. Um, nothing to, uh, you know, you don't want to overlook that. Will there be a field goal in the first quarter? Uh, yes, minus 120. I think that's a very good bet. 
Touchdown in every quarter. This one I was a little mixed on, um, but I'm going to go no. I think he may have a couple of early scores in this game. So I, I was on the first quarter under last week a little bit, uh, but I'm a little bit off that now. I think there, you could see some of the scripted stuff work for both teams. I think he could maybe even have a 7-7 at the end of one. Uh, so if you have those numbers on your Super Bowl board, I think you're you're in play there. But then I think that the adjustments will be made, and then I think it will slow down a little bit in the second and third quarters, which normally would be the opposite of the way the games would start in a regular season. Um, now, a lot of teams do score in their first drive, but can the teams match each other with scoring drives back-to-back? doesn't always happen, but you see it a little bit more in the playoffs. Saw it uh, even you know in the playoffs this season. Will there be a successful two-pointer? I think yes. Uh, I think that's something that I don't think either one of these teams has had one of those in the regular season this year, which is really weird, but shows you they're in control of a lot of the games. But I think in these games, you'll see coaches trying to find workarounds for X, Y, Z that could happen. So maybe take a two when they can get it. Never mind. The first play, the first score of the game, a team might go for two. Nothing is off the table here. Uh, team total touchdowns, Kansas City and San Francisco. I thought both of those worth an under if you could get under two and a half. Um, I still think about two is what you're going to have in both. I think it's going to be a pretty lightly scoring game. Butker to win MVP. Actually, I got written down here 301, probably down from that. Now, I had Legereus Sneed, uh, Reed, and Nick Bolton, and Drew Tranquil, all from Kansas City, all with viable opportunities to win the MVP. Um, I think on the offensive side of the ball, I mean, I think the first touchdown score, I think Travis Kelsey probably is in play for me. Because you got to look. He scored 19 in 21 games in the playoffs. Chances are you're going to have some stuff ready for him early in the game. So I think he could get on the board early. I think his probability of scoring the first touchdown is better than most. But I also think um, getting the first first down could be another one that Kelsey's good at. Obviously, third down, you're looking for him. Pacheco on a third and short, likely he could pick it up. So I like both of those guys to get the first first down of the game. Uh, Field goal in the first quarter, I mentioned that one. Minus 120, I think that's an absolute lock. Uh, Valdez Scantling, I know he's so up and down, and I can't stand the guy, but uh, his first reception over 12.5 yards I think is worth it. I think over his receiving yards props could be all right. Seems like he's got a little bit of a trust factor back with Mahomes now. Uh, Nicole Hardman, first catch under 9.5. I think that one's a good one. They've really struggled to try to get him involved. I thought he was going to be a little bit more of a piece for them, but he has not really worked out there. Uh, most... Uh, Largest time of possession in the game. Most most time of possession. That's not worded very right. Or very right. That's not ver- worded very well. Um, anyway, the team that has the, the most time of possession, I think San Francisco probably will just by the way that their offense is run. They control the ball a lot. They eat the clock a lot. I think even if they're down in the game, I think they'll control the ball a lot more than Kansas City. To me, Kansas City has a much better chance of having some quicker strikes or some chunk plays, and then they get stopped in the red zone out to kick a field goal after five plays, whereas San Francisco will just grind and grind and grind it out. Um, now, whether they make big plays or not, that remains to be seen. Total combined yards of all the field goals, over 121.5 yards. I'm going over in that one at minus 110. I think uh, if my, if the kicker's going to get the MVP, i got to have a lot of yards. So we'll try that one out. Uh, first re, first uh, quarter receiving yards, Valdez Scantling. Um Thought maybe it was worth it. Maybe he gets maybe a play action early in a game. He gets a 45-yard catch. Maybe that's the longest reception in the first quarter. You only got to last 15 minutes. In the first 15 minutes, you have scripted plays, but you also have teams feeling each other out, and they're going to be kind of cautious plays. Uh, Pacheco yards over. That's way up now, so if you didn't bet that already, probably wouldn't. Uh, Purdy yards passing under. I like this one a lot. Wait to bet it till 
the uh, game gets ready to go off. You want to bet unders right up till game time. You overs you wanted to bet earlier in the week because everybody likes to bet the overs. So you get better numbers on the unders now coming back after people bet them over. So Purdy, pass yards under. Love that one a lot. Travis Kelsey receiving yards over. Can't do that one now. Already did it, but uh, that's probably not going to be any good for you right now. It just keeps ticking up with the T-Swift factor. Bucker, make over one and a half field goals. I absolutely love that one. I think that's probably my best bet. If you can get that around minus 125, I think it's absolutely free money. I don't see a situation where he doesn't get at least two field goals in this game. Uh, field goals are going to be important in this game. These teams are too evenly matched for them not to be. And uh, Valdez Scantling, over one and a half receptions, minus 120. I think that's a good bet as well. Uh, all right, those are the ones that I like in the Super Bowl. So I'm going uh, Chiefs. But my best bet of the actual sides in the game is uh, the, the under in the game. And I think leaning towards second half under more so than first half, I think you could see a little bit of an explosive start to the game. But I think it will settle in, and I think the teams will get their legs under them. And Spagnola and the uh, you know the Chiefs defense, I feel very very confident about that they'll adjust on the fly and be ready to uh, to go with a, with a really strong performance. So, um, other than that, uh, best of luck to everybody in the Super Bowl. We're going to take a quick break here on Better's Last Stand and come back with Sam the Man. We'll uh, talk a little bit about the NASCAR out in California getting rained out there at the Clash, which sucked. Uh, we actually got rained up, if that even makes sense. Moved up, so kind of took the, the luster out of it. Uh, talk a little MLB, what's going on there. Orioles get Corbin Burns. So, yeah, Orioles news, big news. Back-to-back -back weeks, we had the team being sold. Then they get Corbin Burns. Um, so, still a lot of things on the horizon. Baseball, I think they're like less than 20 days away from spring training baseball games starting up. So, hard to imagine. Hit on the NFL. Of course, uh, NHL and NBA as well. And season win totals are out. Buckos, 75 and a half. If you can believe that, I'm sure they're going to take some over action as the con continues up there with the nuttings. We're going to take a break here. Better's last stand from the Pine Room Studios. Let's thank our sponsors very quickly. Uh, IC Cab, appreciate everything they've done serving the Ohio Valley for all your transportation needs. 304-232-1313 is the number to call there or download the IC Cab app today. IC Cab, always working. And also want to thank, thank our Lunch Madness sponsors, Generations and Figuretti's, both sponsoring a bracket in the Pine Room Lunch Madness extravaganza. You can hear it right on, or I almost said right here, but you can hear it on the Watchdog right across the hall from us. Uh, on Monday, Tuesday, and Friday. All the action. Jub did amazing work on the bracket. We got everybody seated. I got all the lunches. We put it in a 32-team bracket, and competition started up yesterday. So we'll have the winners on Friday's show, and then we'll start the next round. Well, actually, it's, it's a couple weeks of first-round games, and then we'll continue to announce the winners of each bracket. So we started it off yesterday, and uh, it's uh, it's been a really good, uh, well-received thing. So check it out at the Pine Room Studios on our social media. You can vote on the lunches yourself. They're paired up in a one-on-one -on -one bracket style challenge. So you're voting for the lunch that you like the best to advance on with the winning school, one of the students at the winning school winning a PlayStation 5, a 50-inch TV, and several other wonderful things as part of a grand prize package presented by the Pine Room Generations and Figuretti. So... We look forward to uh, crowning a champion in Lunch Madness, and I uh, hope you'll check it out at the Pine Room Studios. You can see all the cool stuff there on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and XBLS underscore PRP. You can find out all our picks each week, even the ones you don't get on the show, things that are coming in late, coming in early, whatever you need to see. Uh, BLS underscore PRP is where you want to be. We're going to take a break here. Better's Last Dance, show number 73 from the Pine Room Studios. We'll be back after the break with Sammy the Man. Come 
Bender, this show is for informational and entertainment purposes only. All wagering activities should only be conducted by those 21 years of age or older and within the confines of federal, state, and local law. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, contact 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. All right, men, load the cannons and hold the line. You're listening to Better's Last Stand. All right, welcome back in Better's Last In, episode number 73. Sam now joins me after, a, well, I guess it was like a slow build-up week last week. Uh, we had a lot of weather events out there, fucking up uh, golf, fucking up NASCAR. But we march on uh, Super Bowl week, so we're glad to have him with us. And uh, the best news of the day is that we're only, we're less than two weeks away from Daytona. So that is a good thing, Sam. Welcome to the show. As always, how are we today? We're all right. You know, like you said, this this little weak tease that we have to wait for the for the action. You know, I, I hate that. I know, yeah. I really do. But uh, yeah, race racing's here. Foot football's ending, which is my signal that all right, it's it's race season. Right, which is a good sign right now. It so. is. You know what? I get footballed out. Me too. I really Me do. Too. Yep. Just lot, all the man. stuff that goes along with it. I totally agree. Uh, yep, we got. Less than 20 days, and we'll have spring training games starting up. Let's go, so baby. You got a nice old throwback pirate hat on right there looking, yeah. looking really good. You know good. what? I love spring training, Matt, because I love seeing a player wearing, like, number 83. <laughs> right. I love that. Yeah. You know yeah. he's not making it to the club. Most likely not. But if he does make it up, then he sticks out quite a bit when he gets up to the big club and he comes in. Yeah, or his name's Drew Maggie. <laughs> yeah. All right, so oh, let's, uh, let's first talk about uh, – the race last week, which got uh, rained up, which is a thing that's weird. You never really hear that. But uh, Denny Hamlin gets the job done. Um, obviously, it was, wasn't was what I expected. Um, as far as the, the lead up to the race, you met, you had messaged me, said they were moving the race up. I was like, oh, my God, I didn't even know this. So I'm looking. I'm like frantically checking out how they're going to do it. And it's like, oh, boy, they're going right into qualifying, right into racing. I, I knew that, that the bets that I originally was going to have or were going to change somewhat because I just didn't feel comfortable that a guy's got enough competition laps under their belts. It was definitely different. Uh, I thought the racing itself wasn't too bad. Um, it obviously paid to be up front. Uh, no yeah. question about that. Uh, there just wasn't enough time uh, for these guys to make up track position. So what were your thoughts on it? And uh, overall, uh, what, what did you see out of the event that maybe you carry into, uh, I guess, well, really not Daytona, but short track season? Yeah, well, first of all, NASCAR off to a hot start, making the right call, moving the race up. I thought that was incredible. And I actually, like you, Matt, I had to triple check before I texted you because it was just like, I, I saw one article. I was like, nah, that's not real. Right. There's no way. It's like, yeah, it's real. It's happening. They had that one little window of no rain. They, it worked. So if you're yeah. going to go out, if that's the last clash they have there, perfect. Yeah, probably a good idea. Perfect. <laughs> it ended perfect, man. Yeah, what did you think of Denny's car? He, he obviously was good. He was good, and, and it was good to see the carryover from last year. Because, you know, he's been good. He's consistent. But last year, he was getting close. Right. He was getting real, real close. He was very consistent. And I think an, another person I was going to bring up is Blaney as well. I love the Blaney carryover. Yep. The Hamlin and Blaney carryover are two things that stick out to me. Uh, Ty, Ty Gibbs sticks out to me. Yeah, oh, boy. That's what I was going to say. I, I think he is going to be something to be reckoned with. You can tell. Now, he has now made the jump. Uh, to 
Now he got the freshman year under his belt, which he yeah. did not embarrass himself by any means. And now you can see him coming on the circuit with a different type of swagger than he had before. And right. I really thought for a while he was going to be uh, very, very, very tough to beat there. Uh, but he raced really well. Your boy Kyle Busch, you gave it out last week. He was going to run well, and he certainly did. So I think this really sets NASCAR up for a potentially all-time great season with maybe more winners than we've ever seen before, potentially. Man, I, I hope. I hope. And it's just like, I think, I think like you said, Gibbs, is he's just comfortable. He got that first season, you know, out of the way. He's got nothing to lose. Nothing. And nothing superior lose, equipment man. to most and guys, You're too. right. And he's a good driver, man. Right. He's a good He's driver. not just got the ride because he's Joe Gibbs' grandson. He really hasn't. And, you know, we'd be the first to say that if he did because there's plenty of guys in racing that we've seen that have jobs based on their parents or grandparents, not yeah. this dude. Yeah, and it's funny. Like, coming out of – when they were coming out of Xfinity, it was him and Gregson. Who's going to be the best driver? Well, that one was kind of solved. Our boy Gregson didn't do too hot. At least he made the race, I guess. We'll he give did him make that. the race. A couple, <laughs> couple laps down. Yeah. But uh, another thing that stood out to me was the Elliott DNF. Oof. Not that it's that big of a deal, but I would like to see him get you know just, get out on a strong foot. Just to me, it's a bad sign. I, I was thinking this dude's going to turn the page. He's going to be out there just kicking ass, and not the way you would want to start it. I mean, that's. I mean, then now you got people creeping in, you know, in into people's minds like, and hey, maybe this is all just a fluke, man. This dude is just not what he's what he you know either he was not ever what we thought he was or he's not that anymore. But. I mean, I, I'm not going to make the judgment off one race, but not not the kind of start you wanted, uh, especially when his teammates uh, all ran pretty well. I thought Bowman was pretty decent, which he absolutely yeah. has to be or he's going to get fired. Larson, yeah. you ain't got to worry about him. He's going to be rock solid. And then William Byron, who was the league leader in wins last year. Uh, you know, So I think Hendrick's in a good spot. they got to get Elliott going. Who would have thought that? Uh, but he's like the weak link. But uh, I think Bowman, Bowman started out well last year too, so he's got to sustain. Uh, Byron and Larson, they're not going anywhere. I could already say pencil them into the chase right now. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I would. And something that just I found odd was the bell not qualifying. Yeah, yeah it's an odd one. Very that, odd. That, to me, is very odd. Dylan, you know, that doesn't <laughs> yeah. surprise me. I mean, even though he had run well there, yeah. I mean, I know. He's, he's a mess. That He's a mess. I know. I just find it odd. How did he not qualify Christopher Bell? Yeah, I know the guys on the broadcast were kind of stunned at that. but um, Not good, man. Yeah, not a, not a good way to start it, but it was a small field, so I guess we'll chalk it up to bad luck. Uh, somebody probably was going to fall victim. What did you think of the uh, RFK guys? Obviously, uh, Busher wasn't in. so what? Yeah, Busher, he's, he's not good at the clash. Yeah, he, he kind of saves his, uh, his good performances for races that matter, I you, guess. You but, know, it worried me when I read that, you know, he's not good at that. And I'm like, you know what? No, last year, man, last year, he came yeah. on strong. I, I pray that wasn't a fluke because that was awesome. Yeah. And I need yeah. to see more of it. Yep. Uh, Bubba got spun again. Yes, he did. whining already. Kozlowski uh, did all right for the first time in the, in the um, clash. And uh, John Hunter Nemechek ran pretty well. Yeah, he did. He did. He, I think he's going to be pretty solid. I yeah, think he's gonna be agree. pretty solid, and I'm I'm looking forward to Daytona with Keselowski because oh yeah, I don't know he's been quiet. There's, he's been quiet. Yeah, but he's been knocking on the door though, like that's what right, I mean, like those big way. plate races. Like, yeah, yeah, and I think that I think he can. I can't believe I'm saying this. Can you believe no? What I've, what it's I been I said a complete transformation from now. last year. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, 
But That's uh, I'm, I'm I'm excited about it. Um, I really am. It's just uh, it's gonna hopefully be a good speed week, and hopefully, hopefully, knock on wood, we don't have any rain down there in oh Daytona, which is always a risk this time of year. Well, they set the precedent. Everyone's gonna want them to move the race up. Every race that rains, if you can <laughs> move right, it up, right. you know, it's like it's so. Yeah, like, I mean, it killed the crowd. I mean, it was a great TV race, but fuck, there was yeah. nobody there. Yeah, you would have thought COVID was going around did, with that uh, crowd. Did you, did you find out was Machine Gun Kelly just the one to perform? I didn't even know. I don't think he did, and I he think probably wasn't was, there. He probably was flying in that morning. Yeah, you know what it was like, Matt. It was like the pitch clock in baseball with this race. <laughs> they were just like, we got this yeah, many laps. Right. It's right. like you blink your eyes, twenty laps were gone. You're right. It w- it went really fast. It was like literally an hour and a half tops, and it was gone. It was out and over with. And Denny's doing burnouts and celebrating so uh, but lots of great racing action to come i'm super excited about that as we'll get a bunch more into daytona next week uh looking forward to it going to be a lot of value out there a lot of team racing setting up for some uh really really exciting finishes so we got that to look forward to all right let's shift over to uh i guess let's hit on baseball first uh how about this back-to-back weeks we get big news for the orioles they they sell the team from that fucking miser and uh, and now now they get Corbin Burns. I mean, what a week! Sick. What a couple weeks for the O's. I mean, you see the hat. You know yeah. where I stand in my allegiance. That it, to me, it's a simple move you could make. Get Corbin. Well, it's like Burns. a slap in the face to you. Like it, it is. is. He's it, you. I don't know if they would have done the in division. You know, trades if. I'm sure they right. they could have figured it out. I don't I don't know if the Pirates have too many people that but you know may want. Right. But and, uh, I I would love a Corbin Burns. I mean, you yeah. Know, I mean, he, he now he now solidifies your staff. I mean, that's yeah. that's just huge. He's an inning eater. He you know he can go deep into games. I mean, it's just exactly what the Orioles needed. It's a really good acquisition for them. Uh, and then I was talking to cousin Jarrett the other day, and he obviously shares your uh, disgust with how cheap the Pirates are. Uh, yeah, a why don't they go after a guy like that? B you see the Royals, a so-called small market team, locking up one of their guys. Like they don't Crazy. they don't hesitate to pay when they need to. Matt, crazy, and he's good, man. Like it, 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 O'Neill Cruz, if he's as good and right. he can stay healthy for one to two more years, he deserves the equivalent of that. Yeah, no, you're right. But he'll get he'll get a quarter of that. Yes, and they'll say, oh, well, we're just you know. Yeah, and that's the we're problem. small market. It's horseshit. Yeah, uh, seventy-five and a half the posted win total for the Pirates. What what are your early thoughts on oh, that one, man? Fucking give me the over. Come on, baby. Let's go I, shopping. I think I honestly, if I had to, to make a a, a a gut call that's on tough. this right out of the shoot, I may lean to the over. I think that's a pretty good number. I think they'll win right around seventy seven or seventy eight games. Dude, I, I can see the vision. They were twenty and eight playing the Red Sox, and I was like, Holy shit. They're just doing the most simple things. Yeah. Dude, fuck. <laughs> fuck. Well, there's a lot of uh, of excitement in the city God, this I year. Baseball. I don't know how, but uh, God, I we'll see. It. I mean, if O'Neill Cruz Skeens, comes back. Baby. Skeens, baby. Uh, Skeens needs to be started. That's got to be, but we both know that ain't going to happen right away. They're going to have yeah, him. Be, They're going to bring him marauder. so slow. Uh, yeah, he'll be in a marauder uni. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's going to be a long process. We'll maybe have him up by the All-Star break. Or if they hit, if they hit an early season skid, though, could be a, a weekend to bring the crowd in. So you Yeah, know, put him, him on first. a Friday. You know? That's yeah. how dumb they are. <laughs> yeah, just calling him up might draw out a few more thousand people oh, into I'd the go. park. <laughs> Even if they just say he's going to be, he'll toss in the bullpen for for a few yeah. minutes before the game. People would come out just what to be cars. You know? 
Yeah, I know exactly. Uh, but we'll talk plenty about baseballs. Win totals were posted hey, this week. There is one more thing yes, we please. should bring up. Please, the mayor of Las Vegas. Oh, what they had to say about the A's moving there? Yes, being like, you know what? Maybe it's not such a good idea. <laughs> Because the, they're so cheap. Hilarious. I know that's pretty bad. Uh, you know, I mean, to uh, keep up, you'd be running the Golden Knights in there, and they go to the Stanley Cup Finals, and they've been good, and they've won a cup since then. So they're a really good franchise. Raiders, no, I mean they're the Raiders. They're a legendary franchise, and they're not terrible. So if you're going to bring that Ace team in there, and they're going to suck, like really suck, then it's going to be tough for people to go to them. But I still think. Being a tourist destination, you'll still get people to go in if they get them a nice ballpark and stuff. But, yeah, it's not going to be fun for the hometown fans. They may really, really be bad. It's just crazy. It's like, oh, this is our last year boycott, boycott, and mayor's like, fuck that. We don't want you. You guys stink. Let's try for someone else. Seriously, that's crazy. Yeah, and then uh, NBA-wise, when are the Seattle Supersonics going to get a team? I don't know. As soon as they bring the Pittsburgh Condors back. (laughs) When might that happen? Never. Never. When hell freezes over, my yeah, friend. I'd say that's gonna be that's gonna be tough to do. Uh, NBA trade deadlines tomorrow. Um, who do you look for to maybe make a move? I'm hearing the uh, Sixers will make a move. Yeah. I'm hearing uh, who else did I hear? I thought I heard the Knicks aren't done yet. I don't know. What do you think of Eastern Conference? Like, who's gonna try to load up? I think the fucking even though they're not that great, I think the Magic should make a move. Oh, I wish they I think, would. I, I don't mind them. I don't mind them all, at all. I think Paulo is pretty damn good. Yes, but they're I mean, a good young team. I think the Pacers need to make some sort of move. I don't know what they would do. They right. kind of already made right. the Siakam made one, move, yep. which was pretty good. But it's just, the East is tough. Yes, the it Cavs is really are tough. The playing incredible. They I mean, are. I, now, they could be a team that could be interested in adding the piece, I would I, say. I actually think, looking at the whole Eastern Conference, I think Milwaukee is the biggest fraud out of the top six. Well, they seem to be. Crazy. So they get Doc Rivers in there, and, of course, they're going to say it takes a little bit of time, all that stuff. Uh, their defense seems to be a little bit better, but they're still not winning games they need to be winning. So, yeah, uh, I don't know. See, to me, I thought it was very risky when they brought Damian Lillard in there. I, I, he's the kind of guy that just doesn't – he just, to me, just doesn't seem like a guy who's going to give – is all to actually winning. Um, but I could be wrong. If you're going to get a star, I'd rather have a guy that's a little more well-rounded than him. But sometimes it messes up your chemistry when you do that. But we'll see. Uh, Celtics, another team, they're, ah, man, I don't know if I really trust them either. They, they, they're they they're really good. Day, but They've been there the last couple of years and they haven't. <sighs> the Knicks they, need the aircraft carrier back, baby. Yeah, yeah, well, it doesn't look like he's hurt as, as bad as they thought. Uh, Embiid's going to be out for a while for Philly. And they could, be, they could be in big trouble now without him. I will say, he he plays hard in the regular season. I mean, if you're going to get a good regular season out of one player, yeah. give me, I'm drafting Embiid first because oh, yeah. he plays hard, man. Yeah, I mean, when he's available, he's he's unstoppable, yeah. basically. Right. But, yeah, put, make uh, make the games get a little tighter in the playoffs, and then that, that changes in a hurry. Um, going over the Western Conference, sounds like the uh, Warriors could be sellers. What do, you, what do you think of that? You think they should? I hear Wiggins and Clay Thompson on the move, but Clay Thompson doesn't look like he could play over here at Wheeling Jesuit right now, how bad he is. I'd, I'd, I'd get rid of everybody but, but Curry. Curry. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, Draymond can go. Yep. Thompson can go. You could get so much. Yeah. yeah. People are so looking for much. a piece, and they'll overpay. You know that. You could restock pretty fast. Yeah. I just think I look at teams like the Thunder. Like, look at what they've done. Look at what Presti's doing with all these picks. He's got so many picks. Yep. It's yeah. nuts. They could they could definitely be involved. Uh, 
How about anybody else in the West? What do you think the the Clippers do they add or do anything, or do you think they stand pat? I I think they're gonna stand pat. Yeah, I really do. I mean, fuck, they're good, man. Yeah, they are. They probably won't want to mess up too much. Uh, I I can see them getting one of those buyout guys or something. I see. Uh, does PJ Tucker is he on their team? There, they he doesn't play enough. I guess he was bitching, so he once moved. But <laughs> so he's always on a playoff roster. When's the last time you watched a playoff series? I know. How many years in a row is PJ Tucker featured? He's in there all the time. Always. Yeah, he's pretty solid though. I'll he is. He's the kind of guy that you want on your team if you're going to make a run because he does jobs that no one else wants to do, and that's why I, I like him too. He rebounds, he stands in the corner, and he'll shoot an open three, and he defends, and those are things that guys just don't like to do. So He needs to go to, he needs to, go to the Pacers. That's yeah, Right. Good. I think that would be a great pickup for them. Gives them some toughness, some some experience that they could use. They definitely – to go to the, the Pacers or the Thunder were two teams that I thought – that could use him just because of, of you know this lack of experience and, and overall toughness. But uh, I still think I, I find it, no matter how many times I try to go through and find somebody else in the West other than the Clippers, I, I still think Denver's going to be tough to knock out. Jokic just is unbelievable. He is. He can just come up to the foul line, you give him the ball, he can turn, and it's just he has every – the world yeah, every is option, in his hands. Yeah. can burn you and like ten ways. And he typically makes the right one too. Yes, which he is does. Which is tough to incredible. do. Incredible. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And they have so many options. Yeah, they, they put so a nice many. cast around him, and uh, yeah, and now they're battle-tested, so I think they'll be, uh, they'll be a contender. But we'll see how the rosters shape up uh, after trade deadline, then we'll kind of know who's actually in it and who's – Definitely packed it in for the season. If the Heat make a move, you know, there's a lot of teams that are just teetering on the brink. So we'll talk about that next week. Uh, Penguins back in action yesterday. Jari with a shutout. Uh, that's a good start for him. But or, of course continue? he got a shutout. Yeah. He's either a shutout or he gets pulled. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> Five shutouts. What uh? What do you see? Uh, obviously, Vancouver makes a move. They, they upgrade at center. Uh, the Jets make a move, but it didn't seem to help them at all yesterday. Um, I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts? Any Anybody in NHL? Obviously, the Kings, who finally shook it up and fired their coach. Finally. So that, that is actually a good thing. Yeah. Um, and did you watch any of the All-Star thing? It, it, I, uh, I watched a little bit of it. Yeah, I watched it, just, it too. It, I don't know. I don't know what you do to fix it. Yeah, it was about as uh, – to me, it was – I know it gets, it's just getting crushed by people, but to me, it's about as good as they could have made it. They can't yeah, make it. The way do? they're doing it, they can't make it any better. So it was yeah, okay. What else do you do? Yeah. I, I liked seeing Justin Bieber warming up skating. I thought that was cool. It just made himself an all-star. <laughs> yeah, they should have just let him play. They, they should have put us. him and then, then the Tate McCray girl. She could have been out there too. Like, I, okay, this is like someone would end up dead. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what more they can do. But uh, Penguins, I don't know. Do they have a shot of making it in the top three in the Metropolitan Division? I don't think so. I just, really don't. So clinging to a wild card at best then? Yeah, it's just they they struggle if if Crosby's not well he's typically on his game but if he's not at least getting a point it's it seems yeah. to be that that they struggle I mean that was the, at least the tale of the first half of the season Carlson yeah. needs to be better which he was good yesterday yeah he's already Jeff Carter those guys you know sometimes those old guys that they get a little freshening in the legs uh, they they come out and play pretty well so man we'll see what happens I, I'm not very optimistic and I, I still don't know what they're going to do with Gensel if they'll move him they should but they won't um, I don't think so they'll just eat it and uh, and probably he'll walk at the end of the year and that'll be quite a loss but Pretty awesome. That's what you signed up for when you decided to sign uh, Ricard Raquel to a long-term extension instead of Gensel. 
Yeah. Um, it's probably not the best idea. And then maybe Riley Smith could do something for once, too. Um, I know. He doesn't seem to like he wants to even be on the team, but we'll see. Um, how about uh, football this weekend? Obviously, the final game of the year, Super Bowl. Anything sticking out to you? You got any first exotic first touchdown guys or anybody that uh, that comes to mind that you that you like in any capacity? I've I've looked at a lot of things. The first thing that I was going to ask you is how many ridiculous bets are you guys currently getting of just <laughs> – I mean, literally everything possible. Yeah, it, it's it's quite a lot. Like, you have to prepare. Like, I have to get my ticket writers well-versed in where all this stuff is because there's just so many things. And each year you just add more and more and more. And there's so many different, uh, you know, variables that you open up one thing. You got first reception, first reception to which direction. I mean, you got so many things. Anything you can imagine you can you can put out there right now. So, yeah, it's... We, we, uh, it's, it's, you gotta, you gotta be organized and the people come to the window and they have no idea what they want and it takes quite a long time, oh, but yeah, yeah, there's so I'll much, be happy but, when this week is over. Oh, I, I bet one that stands out to me. I, I think he's the best receiver on the 49ers. I know it's crazy. Brandon Ayuk's a plus 175 yeah. to score. Yep. I, I think like that him. that's like a lot of these numbers, you know, they're tough cause it's a super bowl. Like, you know, Mahomes could, could he scamper in? Absolutely. Anything's on the board in these games because, you know, it's all on the line. So, Ayuk to score. What What's your feeling on the game as a whole? What, where do you, what do you think? It's tough. This one's tough because, fuck, there really is a great matchup. Yeah, they're even teams, I'd say. Very even. But I, I, I want Mahomes to win. Yeah, yeah. I'm on, I personally want Mahomes to win. I mean, plus 110 is not bad. No, I, I think to my, to me, I was thinking about it like I was mentioning last week. Like to me, they have an advantage. Obviously, a quarterback. They obviously have a head coach advantage. I think their offensive line's a little bit better. They don't have the good skill players that San Francisco's got, but uh, their defensive line is adequate. Their secondary is very good. Their kicking game is very good. So to me, there was more pluses for Kansas City in the game. I thought it was you know other than the fact that San Francisco was rated so highly all season. I thought kind of the wrong team was favored in the game, but. They're getting a lot of uh, a lot of the professionals are on Frisco. A lot of the public's on Kansas City. Um, I like Kansas City in the game too. Um, I like the game under too. I think it'll be a little lower scoring. Both these teams can eat up clock with some of their drives because they are like when you have accurate quarterbacks. You know, Mahomes just because he's awesome, and then you got Purdy, who's in a system that makes him be very accurate. You, you'll the clock will run a lot, even you know with with passing. So, um, like the under a little bit, but. There's an know, Elijah I'm... Mitchell plus one fourteen, under three and a half rushing yards. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing I mean, about that is, if McCaffrey gets like banged up or cramps or something, then he'll get I know. in. So I know. Fuck. So it's risk. It just seems like it. That's just like got five bucks. Yeah, I'll give you five bucks. Yeah, I my my uh, I was saying earlier, uh, I for whatever reason I just have a feeling that like. Harrison Butker is going to play a major role in this game, so I bet him over one and a half field goals made. I bet him to win the MVP for a little bit of money. He's like three hundred fifty to one. That's like whatever. Maybe dude, you never know, five. man. Maybe that game against the Bengals earlier this year, he kicked five, and uh, maybe he kicks one. Uh, maybe he kicks the all-time you know longest field goal in, in history, and then maybe they they uh, he kicks and it was a walk-off at the end, and maybe he gets it, but. Probably unlikely that anybody other than Mahomes or McCaffrey would get the MVP if, if depending on who wins. But maybe a defensive guy. 
I think Brandon Ayuk's going to have a big game. Okay. You're on Ayuk. I like I it. I do, man. I really, really do. Well, I think that's an interesting uh, thought because it actually makes a lot of sense because Kansas City's got a very good secondary. They're going to try to take Debo Samuel a little bit out of the game, so they'll probably put – I'm assuming they'll put Snead on him because I think Snead tackles pretty well because um, you're going to need a guy that can be physical. And then they're obviously not going to want to let George Kittle go in, and they've been very good against tight ends Kansas City has. So I think that does make Ayuk uh, quite intriguing that he may not get the same attention that the other guys – because then you got to account for McCaffrey in the passing game too. Right, and because there's a plus 172 for 80-plus receiving yards as a prop for Brandon Ayuk, and I'm like, 80? Sure. I I think that's definitely doable. I I do. I think that's, uh, you know. How many people, like you said, how many people can you, you know? You can only stop. I mean, it's hard to stop any of them. But, yeah, I mean, he's like, in in the game like this, he probably would be towards your fourth option, and he's got the skill of, like, a number one option. So that's, you know, a good good thing to be trying. And then when you look at the – on the other side of the ball, if it's not going to be Rice or Kelsey, who's the next guy you have most faith in? Obviously, Pacheco running it. But like I said, Valdez Scantling, and he can't catch a cold. Except know, against I the could... Ravens last week when he made that incredible grab. That was the catch he needed to make, though. You know, it's all all playoffs, he was making one big grab, and he made it. Yes. He's, he's out of wishes. So he has no more. Do you think... Uh... Do you think he's the he's the guy, or, or does Kadarius Tony redeem himself? Will no. he even dress? There's no way Kadarius Tony plays. I you can't, can't even believe they brought him to Vegas. I could just see him going out and getting in trouble at night or something. They should just tell him like the the time of the game changed and just go go to the <laughs> casino or just we'll, yeah. have we'll fun. You know. Here's some chips for you. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, he ruined the best play of the year. He did. He did. I, I had high hopes for him year. too. I thought he was going to be really good for them, but hasn't panned out. Yeah. Well, uh, in your head, it's one of those things like, oh, you go play with Brady, you're going to be good. You go play with Mahomes, you're going to be good. Right. Nope. If you're Line an idiot, it doesn't matter. <laughs> right. I'm going to be offsides. Yeah. Uh, all right, Sam, uh, anything else on the weekend stand out to you? I know uh, next week's going to be the week we're really excited about. Uh, people can have the Super Bowl. I'm ready for next week. Yeah, our Super Bowl is coming up here. That's exactly right. I wish they'd had more practice, though. I know, I know. But until next week, buddy, we will see you. uh, Just counting down the hours till Daytona, baby, speed week. Have a great rest of the week. Good luck uh, this weekend. Enjoy the Super Bowl, and uh, we'll see you back here next week. Yeah, I'll talk to you, Matt. Go Bucks. All right. All right, that's Sammy from Upper St. Clair with great analysis, as always, on all things Sports betting related here on Better's Last Stand. We are going to conclude the show for the day. Hope everybody enjoys. Um, hope everybody enjoys the Super Bowl. Have a safe and uh, exciting, profitable Super Bowl. Again, check us out on the Watchdog three days a week, Monday, Tuesday, and Friday. Lunch Madness is underway. Check it out on Instagram at the Pine Room Studios. BLS underscore PRP for all your BLS picks throughout the weekend. And anything that comes to mind that we didn't mention on the show or anything that changes uh, or adjusts or we just uh, weren't able to get to today. We'll have all that covered there. Get in touch with us on X or Twitter, however you see fit. Give us a call on the radio show with questions, any comments, anything you would like to see us add. Talk more about whatever uh, we are aimed to please. And, uh, again, enjoy the weekend. Uh, again, thanks to our sponsors, IC Cab. Generations and Figurettis for their wonderful support of the Pine Room. We also uh, are proud to announce a new partnership with Zambito Flooring America 
and Four Seasons Golf up at the Highlands. Uh, Ricky Zambita was in studio yesterday talking with us on the Pine Room on the Watchdog. So if you missed that interview, I think Joe will have that up on one of our Pine Room Radio Rewinds. Uh, Ricky's awesome guy, does a great job around the community, involved in so much stuff, and uh, we appreciate his support and look forward to working with him down the road. That'll do it for us here, Better's Last Stand, episode 73 from the Pine Room Studios here in beautiful downtown Wheeling. Uh, we will be back next week with another action-packed show, but until then, you can check us out, the regular podcast at the Pine Room Studios, YouTube, Spotify, Amazon, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts, and on the radio, the Watchdog, watchdognetwork.com for your stream. Uh, enjoy the weekend, and we will see you next week on Better's Last Stand. All right, welcome in. Better's Last Stand, back after a Thanksgiving hiatus. Last time we were seen over at Belmont Brew Works. Had our buddy Rick on the on the show. He uh, had us over. It was a great uh, evening. We talked a lot about sports betting on the show, as always, and then uh, had a few drinks and uh, something to eat. So it was a good time. Chris here with me in the studio. Hello. 